ask you that last episode. I did. We did nothing, which is my favorite thing. Well, I, okay, I'm lying. I'm lying. We got up at five and we went to watch Julia run, and then I took her to took her and the kids to a restaurant she's been wanting to go to, and then we hung out in the afternoon, and then we went swimming in the evening. Not like big swimming, just like an hour or so. But the, they loved the swim, so we went and did that. And then for supper, we had sandwiches. That's what do it. No big mess, just sandwiches. I love easy things. Boy, this is going to be a good interview. This is Valkyrie AD today, so I'm kind of uh, looking forward to talking to him. You have spoken with him in the past, and yes. so I'm kind of looking forward to getting hold of him. He's uh, really cool, very much into horror movies, uh, just a, a great a great musician. This is harder music, which... I really needed today, so I'm I'm really into that. As things progress, my music taste is getting angrier and angrier. So, I really really like his new stuff. So, did you want to talk about the elephant in the room? Are you at any point? Are you going to be able to do it, or we're going to have to wait a few weeks? Everybody knows what the elephant in the room is. No, they don't, because this will be two weeks later. Oh yeah, I I do I do want to make a statement. I am just too upset to make that statement right now because we pre-record. So to me, it's only been, it's been less than 48 hours. Well, I, I, I might say a few things. I was very shocked at it, at the, the repealing of it. Not because I want people to die. But people need to be in control of their bodies. If they are not in control of their bodies. They're second class citizens. Well, then you're basically the government controls everything. If you cannot control your your body. So I think everyone needs to think about that. Now, once again, I'm not saying this to upset anyone. Well, I really I'm going to say I'm going to say something. (laughs) And I'm going to upset everyone. I really don't give a fuck if you like it. I have tried to keep politics off the show. I have made social justice statements such as the following. Black Lives Matter. Leave trans kids alone. I really don't give a fuck if you like it. You turned me and my daughter into second class citizens. You came for our bodies. And if you think they're stopping at women, you're not paying attention. I've been so hesitant to make statements like this. And I think that because people have been so hesitant to make statements like this, that's what got us where we are. Well, do you remember the last podcast when I was talking about where you need to be who you are? You know, I think it's fine that you say what you need to say. I'm angry and I hate to start an episode like this. That's not Valkyrie's. Uh, um, issue. And so, uh, before he jumps in, sorry, sorry for the verbal, verbal vomit, everybody. Uh, sorry, not sorry, but we, we stand by a woman's right to choose and we stand by anybody's right to their own body to make decisions about their own body. And if you don't like it, don't listen. Go ahead and send that hate mail, uh, because <laughs> I'm going to take a page from Uncle Artie. <laughs> and uh, 
I'm just going to let everybody else take you down. I am done. I am done agreeing to disagree. So we're going to go ahead and get on to our interview. I am excited to touch base with Corey. He, he's a great guy. I, I, I do need to apologize that his interview started this way, but there, we had to address it. There's no getting around it. Hey. Hello. How oh, there's that, there's that sultry voice. Uh, Corey, I don't think you've met uh, uh, the new co-host yet. I'm sure you've heard him. This is Brent. <laughs> Hello, nice to meet you. Hey, man. How are you doing? It's, I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's cool being back on. How have you been, man? I see you've been working really hard. What have you been up to? Uh, I've been about as busy as a, a solo death metal musician can be, I guess. I, I'm getting ready right now to start recording again. Yeah. <gasps> plans to put out another three songs hopefully in october you're like a workhorse well i i mean for as long as i've been a solo musician i i feel kind of silly to not be working you know if, if, if i'm if i'm not playing shows if i'm not playing with people then i don't know why else i shouldn't be writing and i kind of like it feels like it it fits in more with the relevancy of how spotify works now but there's a lot more success with doing like frequent micro releases as opposed to doing just one big album and then sitting on it forever. Yeah. Plus those corners hurt when you sit on them too, especially when you don't wear panties. I have noticed that. Yeah. Have you been able to perform anywhere since any of this, is, since any of us have started opening up? No, still haven't, still no? haven't uh, played live. The, the, the scene here. I live in upstate New York, and the area that I'm in, a lot of stuff didn't come back. Uh, oh, really? A lot of the a lot of the bars and stuff didn't seem like they've really recovered, and those that have, they just they just want cover bands, you know. Yeah, well, New York itself got hit really hard, so. Yeah, and and I'm I'm about two hours away from the city, and I, and I know that there's a fair amount of stuff going pretty well down there, but. That's two hours away. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and you know, the style of music that I play, you know, I, I don't know how well it would work in a, in a solo format. People might just look at me kind of funny if I'm playing with a backing track, but. Have you thought about getting a getting a band, hiring musicians to play? <laughs> yeah, I've 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 talked with a few people. Um, you know, I was I was with the guitarist for a little bit up until not too long ago, and, and he he kind of moved on to his own little project. I think the the biggest thing for me, like just in my kind of writing process, you know, there's certainly a lot of pros and cons with being a solo musician. And I feel like I've been kind of leading more into the pro side of it as far mm -hmm. as, you know, whenever I'm ready to write or record or produce or release, and I don't have to coordinate with anyone else, so to speak, which... That's good. Probably makes me sound kind of selfish, but, you know, hey, eh. I, just, I like to kind of keep the ball rolling. And if that means, you know, that as of right now, I remain as an online presence instead of a live presence, I, I kind of feel okay with it. I have checked out your stuff, and I actually listened to your previous interview. And that's that's why I think your voice is very soft and sultry, except when you're singing. It's not very kind of jagged <laughs> yeah. when you're singing. Um, um, what don't you? What do you call it? Uh, just, just sing key. Yeah, sure. Screaming. 
Screaming in Key. That's anyway. the name of an album. We should do that. Sorry. I think you need to get a band together, dude, because I would love to see. Killer show. I would love to see where Terror reigns live. I would love to see that live. There's a large number of songs on that that I would like to see played live. Because I think when I make music, I'm wondering, okay, is this something I'm going to be able to play live? Oh, what would it look like when I play live? Well, I'd still be short, fat, and white, but maybe there would be something else to look at. You know, maybe maybe there would be some crowd involvement. I just think your music, because of the horror theme and, and the heavy metal aspects of it, it just, it will be cool to see it, especially because your themes remind me of Rob Zombie. Your music does not. Your music's, in my opinion, more aggressive than Rob. So, but a lot. I would love for you to like do that live. When are you going to do that for me? And why not today? I think what Brenda's saying is that we really need a mosh pit today. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's what he took the longest way possible to say that. Um, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, I think the main thing that I would want, because because talking about the the writing process, mm. I do I do typically have a very specific image in mind, and, and I think we talked about this on the mm-hmm. on the first interview where you know every song to me has a narrative, and I like to try to picture those like you know cheesy old horror comics and. I think that would translate really well into a live setting with it being, yeah, it would be really gimmicky, but it would also be more than just, you know, me trying to look serious in someone's basement, you know, and and not admitting that I'm having fun. But as far as actually bringing that to the live setting, I think the biggest thing I would need first would be just a solid drummer. And it feels like the area that I'm in, you know, they're all soft. Everyone does everything except drum, it seems. Gosh, that is such a common theme on this show. It is, I swear to God, it is every other episode somebody says, we had a hard time finding our drummer, or we haven't found a drummer we like, or we're in a city where it's crowded, so it's hard to find a drummer. Um, I have theories about drummers that I have openly expressed in other shows. I think you're letting your trauma affect reality. Apparently, I'm not the only one with trauma. I really like what you're putting out. Um, You've been writing a lot. So why don't you tell us about your your recent release? Uh, So this last one, it ended up being six songs long. And and it's, uh, again, it's all very horror themed, but not so much like the, you know, edgy black metal. It's all very tongue in cheek, I think, if you're read the lyrics it's i mean it has a little bit of a a, a death metal vibe to it but I, you know, I don't take anything seriously by any by any means when it came out in january the re- the reception was pretty well um i'm pretty pretty bad with social media so you know it it, it always ebbs and flows like if something comes out and it gets a lot of press then it kind of dies off and and so that's why i i have since since i've started putting music out and 2019 i i pretty much do a release that's anywhere from three songs to five or six songs every six to eight months or so so these next three songs like i said should hopefully be out in october and then i have probably four songs 
potentially lined up to then follow that. So on this last release, was the writing for you different? Because I know in 2019, we were, you know, faced with the world falling apart. And this time things are kind of opening up. Has that changed your writing style at all? Has that? Um, It hasn't really changed too much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, my having been on my own for so long, the way that I kind of put a song together is, you know, I before anything else, I consider myself a rhythm guitar player. Mm-hmm. So for me, it always starts with the riff. And most times, you know, probably eight out of ten times, whenever I hear that riff, I already hear the rest of the song just in that moment. So I kind of already know, like, here's where the drums are, here's where the bass is doing. If there's vocals associated with it, I know what the pattern is, and this is how the whole song is going to kind of be structured. And that's just something that I feel like I have just developed over the years. So, you know, from from... The pandemic to now, it it really hasn't been too much of a change in that. I mean, the biggest change for me in songwriting is as a solo artist, I'm just always looking for new stuff to be inspired by so that I don't just sound the same. You know, I I don't want to listen to the same four bands over and over again. So there's a little bit of difference in that just in just, you know, finding new ideas to make new noises. Has anything, has anything struck you like sound wise recently well my my the thing that i've really been into the most right now is just trying to create new tones mm-hmm. which, you know as a guitar player you know and any guitar player listening to this knows that it's a fruitless endeavor trying to chase the right tone but for this new release um I, i've started getting into kind of lower tunings not not like ultra low seven string stuff, but lower tunings and a little bit more like overdrive and fuzz. So probably have a little bit more of a heavier influence in that, which I think in starting with the riff kind of having a little bit more of a bottom heavy crunch that ends up maybe making the lyrics a little bit deeper, darker. When you say low tuning, are you talking about E flat? Are you talking about D? Are you talking about C sharp? What are you talking about when you say lower tunings? Uh, so everything that I've done up to this last release was uh, D standard, which mm-hmm. is one step down, and then now I've moved to C sharp standard, so one and nice. a half steps down, but still just six strings. <laughs> I will try to refrain from the nerdy questions, but about 12 of them came up after you said C-sharp. But anyway, go ahead. I think I think you should ask one nerdy question. So do you use the pretty much standard C-sharp um, tuning that everyone does, or do you put something special on it? I haven't, I haven't done too many alternate tunings. I've done some stuff with, um, like when I was in D-standard, I would... I would have D standard, but then the D string I would drop down to an A. So it'd be like A standard, but you're missing a string essentially. Um, and some of that is, I don't know, that stuff is just more, for me, it's more fun to just make weird noises with. You know, I'm not quite to the point of like maybe structuring a song around an alternate tuning. It's just kind of fun to just play something goofy and, and move on. But, I typically try to stay to standard tunings for the most part. Cool. No, I was just wondering because 
I, I try not to, uh, I pretty much, I did play an E flat for a while because my musical style is totally different than yours. But then I was just like, people bitched about it, you know, and when you have a band, you do have to deal with little bitches sometimes. My, my preferred method of, of, guitar construction i don't play anything on a floyd rose or any sort of fixed bridge so if i need to change tuning it's not it doesn't take me all day like it does some people so maybe what i can understand it. um well, my main guitar is uh it's an agile ghost um i'm left-handed okay. to just oh. make me mm. even more broken and <laughs> so it's it's like it's it's basically like a discount explorer so so do you so do you have it strung up like a lefty, or do you have it strung up like a righty, but then no, play it lefty? No, it, it's it's a lefty for a lefty. Pussy. No, yeah, I know. No, I'm just kidding. You have a good sound. I like your tone. Okay, I'm not going to do any more nerdy guitar stuff because people really don't give a fuck. I have played with a lot of different tunings, and really the only reason I ended up going with D standard is because it fit more comfortably with the sound of my scream. It, it 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 wasn't like a conscious like, oh, if I'm playing death metal, it has to be D standard or it's not death metal. You know, I don't really necessarily give a shit about that kind of stuff. It's just more what fit uh, what the what the voice sounds like. It so the tone of the guitar fit with the tone of your voice, right? Yeah, with how you tune. Okay. I'm kind of wondering, kind of wondering what you would sound like playing a Paul. Um, because you can drop that down too. It's just you know a peg. Well, I feel like um, I, I do have a a Les Paul special Lucky. too, and, and 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 it's it's a fun guitar to play on. You know, as far as like some of the 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 rhythms and like I, I by no stretch of the imagination think of myself as a lead player. So even my solos are very like bluesy like old dad rock it just kind of goes into a death metal song and that's kind of what you use a les paul for so i i, I think it works all right you should show pictures of you playing the different instruments you have that would be cool too for this next release I, i'm i'm starting to get more into doing a little bit more of like the lead up marketing is going to have a little bit more actual videos of me recording and kind of actually making the sounds rather than just being like, oh, and here it is, and people being like, who are you? Does that part make you nervous? Because I know for me, like, like I'll do, like, headshots, and, you know, I'll throw them into whatever video I make or, like, you know, put 75 filters on them. But, like, showing people what the everyday life of the podcaster is like it, or the musician, I think sometimes th- people think, like, I'm not trying to brag, but I think they think we're cool. And in reality, oh, no, we're that. fucking nerds. Yeah, we're nerds. We're nerd. sitting around playing guitar in our, in our PJs that are stained with coffee, and we're trying to fit it in before we have to go to the job that actually pays us. And so, like, showing... That's on a good day. Trying to show that and then also trying to show the good side, it makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, it is It is very... Uh, I don't necessarily get nervous by it, but it is nerve-wracking. To, to think like, oh, I have to try to stage this this photo or this video in a way that, you know, so that people don't have to look at all the Batman comic books behind me. Some of the stuff, like like some of the photos I've done, 
you know, when it feels too forced and artsy yeah. for just kind of who I am, I'm like, you know, maybe the people online don't see that, but I feel it and then I don't want to put it out. And then somebody shows you the pictures before you put it out and you're like, oh, I hate everything about it. Yeah. You're like yeah. your own worst critic. I hate that part of it. I hate that part y'all guys of just the need entertainment to get over business. Y'all. I y'all fucking guys, hate it. Y'all just need to get over yourselves. And people need pictures. to... On our tour, people are going to have to snap pictures of me when I'm not looking and then don't show them to me. Do not fucking show them to me. Just. Yeah. I mean, if, if anyone listening or if either of you were to go to like the Valkyrie AD Instagram, every photo of myself, it does. It's from the neck down. I, it I'm is. Just, I'm just <laughs> That's weird. why I asked. Let's talk about We Belong Dead. Yes. Uh, so We Belong Dead is a uh, happy little friendly church tune um <laughs> it's it's a reference to bride of frankenstein is where the is where the title comes from so that just kind of feeds into the the lyrics of the song just kind of talks about kind of being from the monster's perspective of you know frankenstein's monster the creation wanting to try to fight back and and destroy the creator this is this was one that uh in terms of music you know, as it relates to probably where Terror Reigns specifically, it, it's probably the most uh, melody driven, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. more kind of the, the two guitars coming through with with some melodic stuff. And then, yeah, it's 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 always so weird to be like, so tell me about this thing that you made. And like, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I know. I made it and it was done. Okay, dude, I love the Bella intro of it. That mm, was yeah. very cool. For me, referenced a bunch of different songs as far as the bell toll. So I had kind of no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. You know, because of the bell tone, if you think about, you know, for whom the bell tolls, and yeah. then there's Hell's Bells. You know, so I was like, oh, oh shit, I'm kind of excited, nervous. I don't know what's going to happen here. It's like a first date, you know. <laughs> so... So, but I was very happy when it started, and then the change about 2.46 into it was really cool, because it's like right before the solo, and I was like, why the fuck is he not playing a solo? I know he doesn't like his solo playing, where's the fucking solo? And then all of a sudden, a solo appears, and I was like, yes, it's like he was listening to me right there. So, I loved that, and that solo was really good, and I was going to ask you, as far as... The last interview, you were talking a little bit about your recording process, and you use plugins and stuff like that. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yep. So, what effects did you use on this guitar solo? Because there were some, I don't, I wouldn't call them pings, but it, some of them had like a a shrill to them. Yeah. When you got really far up the neck, what effects were you using on that? Uh, so my lead tone is just a neck pickup and an MXR phase 90. Oh, that's interesting. And and it's turned like the knob is almost all the way down, but the effect is on just enough to kind of give it a little bit of a pitch to it, but there's really nothing lead tone really doesn't have anything too extra added to it. Wow, so that was your fingers then that were doing that. Yeah, most people that's call those dope. mistakes. <laughs> really? Because some of those mistakes really really fit. I mean, because I was wondering, I was like, God, 
Some arpeggios would be cool, but he's not going to do that because that's not his style. You're doing some taps, and not just regular taps, like with your finger, but like, uh, do you know who George Lynch is? Yeah. So George Lynch, when he does his taps, has different ways of doing it. And one of the ways he does it is that he'll be doing his left or right hand, depending on if you're a left or right player. He'll be doing his hammer on and pull off, but then he'll use his pick on the fretboard and slide it back and forth and pick right, it up. Yeah. And so I thought you were actually doing some of that, not like a whole bunch, like just, so that's what it kind of sounded like to me. So I was kind of excited about it. And you just, I have, no. I have, I have big hands and I use my pinky a lot. So if, if I'm thinking of the same part of the solo as you're talking about, I would have been anchored on like the 12th fret and then reaching up with my pinky to, I think like the 18th or 19th fret.
listeners, this is Raynell of Sound Pollution. I just wanted to remind everybody that we have an upcoming mini tour in the Austin, Texas area this October. Acts will include Thumper Salyer and Eddie Serber of RMA, Dark Soft, Masonic Block, Round Rock Rick, Trashy Annie, and of course your Uncle Brent. Things are ever evolving as we move closer to the event. So make sure you are following the podcast across social media for all the latest info. If you are interested in performing at one of the shows, especially our acoustic show, which is a benefit for Meals on Wheels, reach out to us at our email at soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. Make some noise. No, it was cool. It was almost it was almost like a I w- wouldn't say a modulation, but I would say it was almost like you transitioned enough to almost make it sound like you could go into another song or it was another song itself. It was just real cool. It was like, and you, you do that in your recordings a lot. Yeah. It's, it's in different ways. Cool. It's, it's pretty interesting. And then you earlier, you said, I know how it's going to go from the main guitar riff. And I'm like, how the fuck did he know that if the main guitar riff is this and then he's changing it totally on the end? There are some instances where, you know, I can hear everything that's going on in conjunction with that riff as it is. But then there are others, uh, like off of this release or maybe even some of the, some of the earlier releases. Like there was, I think we talked about it in the first interview. There's a song from my first release, uh, called The Conjuring. And it has kind of goes from one section into another section. Uh, and that song was written almost in a lesser amount of time than it takes to listen to the song because i could you could just hear like oh this i know for a fact this goes into this part as different as it might be without it hopefully turning into too much of a riff salad and it sounds like i'm just showing off but for for we belong dead kind of the thrashier solo part took a little bit of work but then uh, like another example with from where terror reigns the other song we're talking about House of Horrors. That one has a lot of changes to it, but that was another one where it's like, I know exactly what this song is doing. So talk a little bit more about House of Horrors. Yes, let's talk about it. I knew that was going to be the one. He I can I can see your face now. You have beautiful eyes. Yeah, oh. just the whole thing shut down for a second and then popped They're back so up. They're so blue, just like Thank pools you. of water. Thank you. He likes to make people uncomfortable. It's all right. I have a hairline. He wants to so get I'm them fine. on the... <laughs> You do. Dude, thank you for that. I'm not jealous. I had hair at one point in time. Oh, it just girl. moved to my back, you know. As yeah. I got it happens. It yeah. does. It'll happen oh. to you, too. So, House of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, I, think for, I think for this release, this, is, this might be, um, you know, for fans of the genre, this might be the most kind of death metal-y of all the songs. It's definitely the fastest. There's there's a little bit more kind of a technical riff going on. That one took a little bit more practice to get ready, but you know, like I said, it was from the moment I heard it, I knew even down to the weird like piano break at the end, like it was all there. Let's let's talk about the speed of that song a little bit. I know like for you, you're like I hear the riff and I write the song. We kind of talked about that last time too, but this one, the tempo is is really up there. So, did you sit down and you were like, I want to go fast? Was it something you wanted to do specifically or was it just something that happened? Yeah, I really think for this one specifically, it just kind of happened. Uh, was just playing 
you know, just sitting here at my little studio workstation at home and, you know, just had my guitar in hand and was just kind of playing around in that main key of where the main riff is. And then it just kind of came out and, and, you know, some of the songs that maybe inspired it, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, those songs had speed. So, you know, there's a little bit of a match there, but I, I typically never try to have any sort of preconceived idea of I'm going to write a super fast song or I'm going to write a super slow song. I just kind of, what comes out is what comes out. And I just, you know, it's really not until I have starting to record to turn the metronome on that I even know what the tempo is going to be. You don't play slow. No, not always. I I would say 75% of the time is fucking pedal to the metal, man. Yeah. I mean, got some tasty chops too. And you're a good rhythm player. And yeah. I would say you're a good lead player, too. Yeah, you're not George Lynch or Eddie Van Halen, but you have some tasty licks in there that are really good that go well with what you're doing. And your rhythm parts are compelling enough that, like, they're almost like a lead in their own in some ways. This House of Horror songs, I'm, it was tough choice because I listened to a bunch of other stuff he did that, that you've released in the past, too. But this was definitely one of my favorite songs. From the intro, the drum intro, I thought that was cool. And I was like, oh, it has kind of a Megadeth, P-Cells kind of kind of yeah. sound to it. And I was like, so so once again, I was like, this, this could be very exciting. And then the greatest part of all, all y'all black metal guys, or you heavier players, Both when the you. vocals come on, I can't fucking hear a goddamn thing. That's but right. you... I like could hear you and you did a great job with your, not only the production of the instrument, but your vocals are good production too. Out of all the songs I listened to, I think this one had the greatest, uh, just the most, the coolest transition that I was not expecting at all was when you went to the keyboard part and then you went into the solo guitar part because I love guitar Guitar should always be played. It should be in every song. But that was a great keyboard part. And were you, like, playing on a keyboard, a piano, a Casio? What were you using to make that sound? Uh, I have a little uh, Akai professional MIDI keyboard plug-in. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, I was playing that. How many keys? My, uh, I have just a little 25-key one, little little desktop. Wow. So I won't be doing anything too... Uh, virtuistic on it anytime soon, but it got hey, the, job, it's the done. job done. Hey, the job done. Jinx. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My question was going to be, how did that come apart in the songwriting process? But you already kind of answered that. And so yeah. you just kind of saw it from the beginning. The only thing that was different was in the original concept that wasn't going to be keys. It was supposed to be an acoustic guitar. Mm. And in the recording, the sound just wasn't quite exactly where I wanted it to be. I thought it sounded better as a scratchy organ than as something too pretty.
Hey, what's up, beautiful listeners? This is Raynell of Sound Pollution dropping into this space to make a quick announcement. We at Sound Pollution are not fans of what is happening in America at the moment. The Supreme Court's rulings over the past three weeks are nothing short of disgusting, and we disagree with all our hearts. I have decided to give advertising space on this podcast away for free to women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus business owners and nonprofits. I am encouraging my listeners to shop from vendors that are part of the solution and not a part of the problem. We love you. Make some noise. Yeah, that was one of my favorite songs. I, I, I think a lot of it, it was fast, but I thought the keyboard was just unexpected and then your guitar solo was good too not as good on as good uh as we belong dead but still good yeah we belong dead although not technical it might be a little bit more of a technical solo the house of horror solo is just like a scale and like a warm-up exercise but if you put a phase 90 on it anything sounds cool well you're doing that double picking on it too Mm. because That was the style, or maybe it was quadruple picking, because you were really shoving in a lot of notes into a small space. But it was, it was, it was still really good and fit the song well. So that's all I got to say about that. Well, thank you. Those are very nice critiques. I always give nice critiques. You do, you do, but I, I just want to give you shit, and I don't know why. I'm sorry. I'm honoring. I don't usually we don't usually do morning interviews and. And I'm honored today. I'm sorry. Today's it, an honored day. It is. It is nice things to hear. And I think, it, it, you know, for me as a metal musician, it is even more important to hear it from someone who self-describes as not being a fan of metal. Oh, I'm you know, a fan of metal. I just don't play it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I, I love Never metal. Mind. I mean, when I write when I write songs, you know. I have a few metal songs, not like yours or any of the other guys, but you know, metal just doesn't fit my brand. It fits yours. That's Do you ever awesome. worry about that? Sorry, go ahead. We all no, you're fine. at the same time. Go ahead, go ahead, Corey. Do you ever? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just agreeing. <laughs> worry, worry about what? Because you do the comic book thing, even if you don't physically draw the stick figures and stuff and do an issue. You still think about it. So that would tell me that you concentrate really hard on your brand of this is what this song is about. This is what I do. And so that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you focus that hard on it. No, I, I do. I do envision and it could be going back to what we were talking about online, you know, with all the Valkyrie AD stuff not having my face in it because I very much Mm. have this idea of there is a separation you know like who is talking to you guys right now I'm not the same person as when I'm in that like Valkyrie AD headspace of trying to build that brand and trying to trying to represent a song as being something to be experienced beyond just listening to it on your phone speaker and then and then moving on like the the majority of of music fans um you know earlier when you mentioned when you mentioned rob zombie i do have a lot of influence from someone like him who does have a lot of theatrics mm. uh in, in the in the the artwork and in the the stage dressing and in the the songs itself because yeah i, I think it i think it is important to have something be 
more representative than just an audio idea, if that makes sense. So for you, it's an all-encompassing thing. Yeah, I mean, that, at, at least I like yeah. to think so. You know, there there are other bands. Um, you know, Rammstein is one that comes to my, or Rammstein is one that comes to mind, or uh, Behemoth is another one mm-hmm. where their their stage and their music videos specifically. You know, everything can all be built off of one song, but the medium in which it can be presented to the the audience member, everything is its own individual. Like the video is different from the song by itself, which is different from the way they play it live. Where can people get your new release? Uh, so it is anywhere music is available. Uh, I do use uh, DistroKid as my distribution. So it's on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, iTunes, um, Deezer, if anyone uses Deezer. Uh, probably, I mean, anywhere anywhere you can find it. Uh, I haven't gotten into doing uh, like physical media. I haven't started printing on CDs or actually I, I don't know about other genres, but I know that in kind of the more extreme genres with death metal, there's a bit of a cassette renaissance. So I've been in yeah. talks with people of getting into cassettes, but it's kind of a double edged sword with with the idea of releasing stuff frequently. It, it's hard to justify putting something out. And then paying to have, you know, 50, 100, however many things printed and then have something new released right on top of it before I even had time to receive the printings for the old thing. Because there is still a bit of a, at least in some of the duplication sites that I've looked at, there is still with supply chain issues and stuff, there's a delay in getting stuff back. So even if I wanted to get cassettes made, I'd have the next album out before I got the old cassettes back. Did you learn anything between your last release and now that's different? So um, two releases ago, uh, I put out a single, uh, and that was the first time where I, from start to finish, did the entire process on mm-hmm. my own as far as recording, mixing, mastering, and, and putting it out. I, I, had, I had used some help prior to that with mixing. So for the single, uh, I did it all on my own, and then with Weird Terror Reigns, I think there's a huge jump in production value because there was a lot of learning that went in between that as far as what the actual mixing process should look like and how to get good guitar tones at the source from the beginning so that maybe you don't have to try to force as much you, you know, after recording mixing work into it. Um, and then even from that moment, from the release of Where Terror Reigns and listening to it again and again, you know, I, I have a few notes of what I want different to be going into it. So, you know, I, I do like to think that, you know, yeah, I, I, I did learn a lot. Uh, more important than learning maybe what I like about each release, I'm able to learn what I don't like about each, mm. each release so that maybe I can work on that. So I, I guess the proof of if I did learn will be when the next release comes mm-hmm. out and if it sounds any different but um the the recording process itself is something that i think that maybe for most recording artists if you're not learning every time you do it you're either not paying attention or you're possibly doing it incorrectly so yes i did learn a lot so fun talking to you it was great i really appreciate you coming back on I like him. He's very nice. I, I, he's very calm. He's like he's very calm. 
I mean, he kind of reminds me of, uh, not his voice, but his demeanor reminds me of, uh, Masonic Block. Mm-hmm. So is this like the uh, closeout part? Oh, yeah, we should do that. Hey, thanks for uh, signing on today and listening to us because we know you don't have anything else better to do. Just <laughs> yeah. Kidding. Yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, get out there and uh, <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing, guys. Oh, Valkyrie, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you back. I can't wait to hear what else you come up with. Uh, listeners, please make sure you are like, following, subscribing, and most important, downloading. Download. The Patreon link is down below. Uh, help us help independent musicians. I think now that's more important than ever. I really don't have anything else. Um I'm going to go clean my house and probably drink a wild amount of alcohol. More news about the tour will be coming. Also, go to our Patreon page, join it, and get some extra shit. That you yeah. Here. By the time this comes out, we'll have figured out what that shit's supposed to be. And if we don't, you'll still enjoy it. You'll still be helping. Um, so, everybody, get out there, especially right now, and make, make some... some-